0: Listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, this Friday afternoon, let's turn to our first guest and topic of today. In the next 20 minutes or so, we'll be talking about smart diamond buying and what to look out for when you're making your choice. And I'm really delighted to be joined by diamond expert Sally Ryder from Ryder Diamonds. Welcome to the program, Sally. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Noreen. This is really exciting to be here. I'm really excited to speak to you today. (laughs) So we are uh, on Facebook Live as well, so our listeners can join us there. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 and you can maybe post some comments and questions and perhaps Sally can answer some of them if, if, if we have time. Um, so perhaps let's start right from the beginning. How did you get into this industry?
1: Do you know, um, Noreen, it was a little by mistake when I was at university in Melbourne. I was looking for a part-time job and we had a job board on our university website and I applied for a sales job having no idea what it was selling and it happened to be selling diamonds. So I turned up the interview and um, and they said, yeah, we're a diamond trading company and we're looking for a part-timer just to work on weekends selling diamonds and that's how I got my step into the diamond industry
0: that's really amazing because i think these days we can all agree it's harder to get into you have to get well, yeah. different certification and you learn yes and i, learned, but I wasn't
1: but... looking to get into it it was <laughs> i just needed a job and that's that's how it,
0: i kind of fell into the industry it's fate yeah absolutely <laughs> so yep. what have you learned along the way has the diamond industry sort of changed a lot in the in the past decades or has it been pretty yes. much the same, you it's know. It's
1: changed in a huge way. So no, I came to Hong Kong in 2005. I actually came with a banking job at the time. Well, after I graduated from um, from university, I got into banking and came to Hong Kong with Merrill Lynch and had a really great time. And actually it was a perfect breeding ground for my future clients. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, and what I felt was really lacking was um, somewhere where people can go that's like kind of in the middle of the market for diamond trading. So there's, you know, there's a lot of the kind of low end, the cheap, you know, mass manufactured kind of jewellery. And then you've got your really high end. So the luxury brand stores that are super expensive. I was looking for somewhere that's kind of like the middle ground. I call it like the Lexus of diamonds, you know, like it's like a luxury product, but at a more affordable price than say Mercedes, who are badged. you know, the same company pretty much. Um, So I, I found that that was really lacking here in the market in Hong Kong. And I'd always had an ambition to get back into diamonds. I didn't see myself as a, banker forever and ever and i really had a passion for diamonds and i actually after i finished university i went back to study diamonds and um, did my certification for gemology and um yeah i always had this like kind of drive to want to start this company because i saw it met the need of someone that was looking for quality but at a not high-end luxury price so doesn't break the bank It didn't of. break the bank yeah so um and you know like it's no secret that there's people love diamonds in hong kong and they're everywhere
0: that was was my next question why what is the appeal and i was just doing some research around the office and Mm. i think one of my colleagues Cruz, actually said well people are fascinated with diamonds because um long long ago because of evolution people like sparkly things like they 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 would look for water and from a distance they'd see something glistening Mm. and so it's, it's It's in our. It's in our. It's in our genes for yes. like sparkly things. Yeah, and
1: well, a diamond is the most sparkly of all the gemstones. They've got the best scintillation yes. and and sparkle. So yeah, I guess we're like bow birds. We're attracted to sparkly things, but also I think because they're so valuable, that is what attracts us to them as well. Yeah. And you know, I feel like you know um, De Beers marketing diamonds are forever. That uh, that marketing that campaign, which is probably the most. It's successful marketing pa- campaign of our time yeah. um it really inspired us to really love and want and be attracted to diamond jewelry and uh, you know diamond jewelry for women it's it's almost like the the style of the jewelry that we wear really says a lot about our personality and uh, and i you know and
0: it goes with a lot of things you can wear casual clothes and yes. and team it with a nice pair of diamond earrings yes. and you can glam it up as yeah, well well i
1: feel undressed when i'm not wearing my diamond <laughs> earrings <laughs> <laughs> you know, I took them out the other day to clean them, and I saw myself in the mirror a lot later. I'm like, oh, gosh, I feel
0: naked. I've <laughs> to clean them, yes.
1: Yeah, but you, you, uh, you asked before, has the industry tra- changed? Mm. And yes, it has. So I started um, diamond trading in 2005, and at that time, you really had to make strong relationships with diamond traders because it's very much an industry built on trust. And to create a business in diamonds, you have to borrow your yeah. inventory, and to do that, you have to win the trust of your diamond suppliers. So when you say borrow the inventory. Well, you know, I, to start my business, I couldn't afford to buy yeah. loads of inventory, right? Yeah. So I had to borrow stock from my diamond dealers to be able to show them to my customer before they decided to purchase them. So initially, it was all about winning that trust of the of my diamond partners and how getting them you, to consign. How did you stream. do that? I was really lucky. I know, you know, I feel it was fate as well. And I met this gorgeous man. I don't know if I'm allowed to actually mention names. Y- sure, yes. So, um, Ronan Zion, he's, uh, he's like the granddaddy of diamonds in Hong Kong. And I'd heard this name around town, and as a naive, 20, 20- six-year-old Australian girl just arrived on the shores of Hong Kong. I thought, I'm going to go and meet this Ronan and find out who this guy is. And I knocked on the door of Derez, which is an incredible diamond trading company in Hong Kong, and um, I knocked on the door and introduced myself. (laughs) I'm Sally, I'm here from Australia and I want to start a diamond company. And I was so naive at the time. I had no idea, you know, who these guys were, and they were so amazing. He took really took me under his wing, and he was almost like my guarantor. When I'd go up to other diamond trading um, companies and say, "Well, you know, Ronan backs me," basically, yeah. they'd open their safe to me and allow me access to their their inventory, which was just such an incredible gift for what him to story. support me like that. Yes, so I really credit, you know, where I am today. Um, the start that Ronan gave me was amazing in this industry because it is all about who you know and who, who you know, if you can be trusted. So having that support early on was amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk yeah. a little bit about sort of the, the craft work of it. I mean, a lot, you do a lot of bespoke um, items yes. a, as well.
1: So we, we specialise in bespoke yes. and, and I've chosen to do that because I really love the age-old traditions of how fine jewellery is made and Hong Kong actually had a really rich heritage of having really Jewel- talented 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 jewellery makers and the trade has changed a lot particularly when mass manufacturing factories popped up in china it took away a lot of the trade from hong kong because it's much cheaper to manufacture jewellery by machine Mm -hmm. Um, but that left the really talented handcrafting jewellers in hong kong so those the the jewellery houses that really wanted really fine craftsmanship kept on these really talented jewellers and the ones that exist today are really old you know like in our workshop the average age of our jewellers was is already over sixty-five.
0: Wow! And Seasoned
1: workers—they are, and they're incredibly talented. And it's really hard to attract young talent and have them committed to the trade like the older generation are. Mm. So the the jewelry makers that we have working for our business, you know, really tried hard to attract Hong Kong's best and most talented jewelers. And you know, I often describe it. It's like commissioning an artist to do a painting for you. Now, our eye is fairly well-trained to know, like, an amateur versus a really skilled artist. It's the same in jewellery making. An amateur versus a really skilled jewellery maker, the beauty in the hand craftsmanship of a really talented artists is really apparent to me, but Not maybe to everybody, but to people in the know. The fine, the nature of, or the, the finesse, I say, of, like, fine jewellery craftsmanship by hand is it just can't be compared to anything else. Yeah. You know, it can never be matched.
0: How long does it take um, from the concept of a bespoke piece of jewelry, from the concept from the client and from, the, of course, your, yes. your, your opinion about yes. it, to, to the final product. Yep. How long does that take? Generally,
1: like our client journey usually takes around six weeks. Oh, wow. So, the first meeting with them would be to educate them about diamonds and how to be smart about buying a diamond, which, we which we'll discuss, to, yes. to, discuss soon. And uh, and then designing, and you know, I love designing something that's really personal and unique to them and in their style. And once the design has been sketched, which is also done by hand, by the hands of an artist, um, it's then passed to our jewellery craftsman who then would take around a month to handcraft the piece. Mm. So, that whole journey takes
0: around six to eight. weeks generally. Just going back uh, about uh, craftsmanship, is it easy to attract young talents? No
1: (laughs) it's not Noreen and this is our biggest pain point in our business and we have had some apprentices but um, you know the younger generation and we're a younger generation I guess as well but there's just not the dedication to the art form that there was when our our current jewelers who have been doing it for decades and decades Um, there's just not that dedication to the art and also the way that jewelry is made these days has changed and there's a lot of technology that has been applied into creating jewellery. 3D days. printing 3D yeah. printing, CAD designing, mould making. It's a much What's quicker... CAD
0: designing? CAD
1: designing, computer-assisted design. Oh, so it's cool. designing on computer, and that can then produce a mould, yeah. which then can be casted and produce that design millions of times, which is a much more cost-effective way to manufacture jewellery. Mm. But the way that we enjoy to do it is by the age-old traditions and then it just creates a really one-of-a-kind unique piece. Uh. It's more expensive to do it that way. It's more time-consuming but I feel that for the customer it creates such a much more special experience for them.
0: It's one of a kind. Yeah, yeah. I, I love watching YouTube videos of people making jewelry and just really watching. Um, I've forgotten his name. Um, there's a there's a Spanish guy who is yeah. in a wheelchair. Yeah, I've seen it. Yes, and yes, he makes, yes. I Amazing. His name.
1: Yeah, I know. And that takes you know, it's a it real takes a art really form long time. and it's a real skill that's that I feel like a computer and a machine just cannot replicate.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about smart diamond buying then. I think yep. that's the, the the million dollar question because diamonds can be expensive. Very. Um, yeah, of course <laughs> um, and sometimes the, sometimes you just don 't know if you're getting the value for the, for, the, for the money yes. because people don't know what they're looking out for yes, so what, what, what are your thoughts on that? We, we often hear the four Cs yes
1: yeah, so I feel like before anybody goes to purchase a diamond, they should do a lot of research on what exactly the four C's are, and I don't know if you're aware, Noreen, but um, diamonds are classified I will I classify them into two different shapes, being round and then everything else. Yes. Because the round is the only shape that gets a cut grade. So it's the only diamond that gets that fourth C graded, which is the cut. And the cut is the most important C in diamond grading. It's what creates the brilliance, the fire and the sparkle in the diamond. But it's the one thing that's often confused because cut also refers to the shape of a diamond.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. An emerald cut. Emerald cut, princess cut, cut, cut,
1: you know, ovals. There's lots of different cuts. And when people look at the four C's, they think the cut refers to the shape, but it doesn't. It refers to the actual faceting of the diamond that produces the light and fire.
0: Of and course. the round
1: diamond is the only shape that gets a cut grade on its GIA certificate.
0: That's right. It's interesting um, you mentioned GIA certificates because there are other certifications out there, but yes. GIA is sort of seen as the... The
1: leader. The leader. Yes, and, probably, and the world's most famous diamond um, certification and probably the most well respected. Yeah. There's a new one popping up that's oh. gaining a lot of traction, the AGS, okay. which is actually developed by the same founder of GIA. <laughs>
0: Just thought, <laughs> cover all bases. You yes. know? If you don't go for a GIA, it's sort of. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, it's giving more detail. And I feel like actually the one thing that the GIA certificate lacks is enough information about the diamond. So a tip to buy smart is that you have to buy your diamond with a, with something like a GIA. Well, the GIA is most, most um, recommended but don't trust your GIA. (laughs) (laughs) Because (laughs) there's actually not enough information that the certificate tells you about the stone. And two diamonds that can be graded with the exact same information can look very different.
0: Of course, because it depends where sometimes the black spot says you have to actually look at the diamond. Yes,
1: and a big mistake that people make is buying the cheaper diamond, thinking they're getting a better price, but that can sometimes be the diamond that's overpriced.
0: But that's the issue with a lot of, and and I speak for for a lot of people I know maybe have bought their diamond online mm-hmm. as well because online yes. retailers, I mean, we won't mention the, their their names yeah. here, but they're popping out and and sometimes it's convenient. Yes, uh, they they seem to offer you a better deal. Mm. <laughs> what are well, your thoughts on that? My thoughts the are of
1: interest. So sometimes it, a lot of the crappy diamonds for their grade, that's where they go to set to. Die their sad death I call it <laughs> because uneducated people buy them thinking that they're getting a bargain but, when but they're just buying it- a really average stone for its grade yeah. so that's why I say you know when when you're buying a diamond, you have to get it with a certificate, which will dictate what its cost is, but don't trust the certificate. Go to an expert that can tell you, is that diamond a really good diamond for its grade or is it a poor diamond for its grade? Yeah. You want a diamond that it's at the top of its grade in colour and clarity, because these are all subjective to the eye of the person that's grading the diamond.
0: That's true. So say
1: you, say you had two diamonds... Sorry, so you had one diamond and you had two different people grading the
0: stone. The results on the grade can be different. Of course, because sometimes I don't know. You know, you've got the scale from D to Z. Maybe yes. a colour might look like an eye colour yes. to someone. Maybe to somebody else, it might look like a G. That's exactly right. Wow. So this
1: is why I say you have to get your diamond with a certificate, but don't trust it. Trust the expert that can tell you. Yes, it's an amazing diamond for its certificate.
0: Yeah, yeah. Can you ever go back and say to, to the to the people who issued the certificate, "Hang on a minute"? Or I've, can you? Not I've question? challenged them before, you, Noreen, yeah. and
1: they don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, there was a, there was one there was one um, occasion where we we had a diamond and it was graded with no fluorescence, and fluorescence is a natural phenomenon in diamond that's generally you can't see it in natural light, but under ultraviolet blue light, a diamond with fluorescence will glow.
0: I think that's so cool, which but, is really cool. But yes. some people think it's not desirable. Well,
1: well it well. can be undesirable yes. in some cases. But anyway, this this particular diamond, it had fluorescence under the ultraviolet blue light. It was glowing blue, and not just faint. It was like at least medium fluorescence. Undisputable. Anyway, the, the certificate said that it had no fluorescence. <gasps> so I took the stone back to the GIA mm. and I said, hey, this is wrong. Yeah. And they graded the stone again with no fluorescence. Oh, okay. With fluorescence. So I feel, I've, no, with no fluorescence. So I feel like they just didn't like being challenged. Oh,
0: okay. So they didn't change it. No. Oh, a big one oh yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) maybe we need to revisit that topic again so um in terms of smart diamond buying are there certain things that people can um give up a little bit and and you know is color the most desirable
1: well actually the, the thing that makes the biggest difference to the cost of a diamond and the least visible impact to its beauty is the clarity grade
0: Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. so talk I, us through the clarity grade. Yeah, so
1: clarity refers to natural inclusions in a diamond, and the more inclusions the stone has, the bigger those inclusions are, and the more centrally located in the stone they are, the lower the clarity grade will be. So, clarity is the the, the inclusions. They can be things like little carbon spots, little fracture lines in the stone, That's naturally occurring flaws. They call them. But as long as you can't see the flaws using your naked eye, that means with no magnification.
0: Of- 10 times of 10 times exactly
1: you've done your research (laughs) noreen as long as you can't see the diamonds without using any magnification, an eye clean say si1 will look absolutely no different in beauty to a flawless diamond of course yet to be priced so much more Affordably, of
0: course. Who's going to get so close to your hand or, exactly. or wherever the, the, the yes. earring is?
1: So it's only when a diamond is super, super included is when it can affect light return in the mm. stone. So mm. anything that's generally eye clean won't be affected in its light return. But they're so much more affordable than the really very high clarity stones. So that's that's one tip that I would make to buying smart. It's focus your budget on things that are visually impressive. Things like the size of the diamond is very obvious. The sparkle of the diamond is very, very obvious. Who wants a dull, lifeless diamond? You want to focus on cut. Cut is key to produce that brilliance and sparkle, and then compromise where you it doesn't make enough, a, a difference to the beauty of the stone. And which is clarity, the clarity is
0: most yeah yeah one of those. Talk us through fluorescence of a diamond. You mentioned yes. just now. In some cases, it's desirable. In some cases, yes, it's not wanted. Exactly. So.
1: And you know, over time, diamonds with fluorescence used to attract a premium in price. And today they attract quite a considerable discount, so and the discount should be much greater if the effect of fluorescence has a negative impact on the beauty of the stone. And well, in, usually it doesn't because you need to look at it through
0: an ultraviolet light. Yes,
1: yeah. But in some cases there can be diamonds that, in natural light, can appear milky.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah. it's like
1: it's like the diamond has this haze through it, like a cloud, a cloud type effect inside the diamond, and it's the effect of fluorescence. So those diamonds they do look cloudy and milky and non-brilliant in natural light and it's because of the fluorescence and it but it's a it's and it should be graded with generally strong fluorescence in those cases Um, but it's not guaranteed that a diamond with strong fluorescence will be milky sometimes it can be sometimes it has no
0: and Perfect. sometimes you then can't challenge the GIA certification. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. But in some, in, in some cases also, so fluorescence has a negative impact when it makes the stone look milky in natural light. But it can have a positive impact when a diamond is graded with a lower colour, say like a J or below, and the stone has strong fluorescence, it can make the diamond look whiter in natural light.
0: And I also know that, Sally, we're coming up towards the news, you also run masterclasses I as do. well, which is a great uh, segue. Tell us a little bit more about it and, uh, you know, wh- why do people want to be educated in diamonds? I
1: think, well, most of my clients are very, like, come to us, like, deer in the headlights, having no idea what they're doing and knowing that they're going to have to spend lots of money but don't know how to, well, understand diamonds. So my class is about understanding the four Cs, knowing where to budget and how to achieve beauty and value for money in your diamond and we also talk about the wholesale market prices and what's happened to prices and basically how to get the best value for money when
0: you're going to buy one excellent well um remind our listeners once again sally have you got a website or a facebook page yes
1: we do so we're we're trying to be a lot more active on instagram so it's Um, at writer diamonds and um and we have a great sale coming up noreen and it's all going to be featured on our instagram highlights and uh, the sale is going to be starting on the 19th of november so
0: Anybody out there, follow our
1: Instagram and you'll see what we've got coming up.
0: Excellent. Well, Sally, thank you so much for your time today. I really look forward to chatting with you again next time. You too. Thanks thank you Lauren. very much.
1: Someone needs to wrap off.